Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde, TV host by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night, and a health and a life coach always. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Come hang out as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part, how health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely gonna be some laughing. And hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthiest hot life. Brought to you by Clarence. We are talking mental health on today's episode with Harriet Kerrigan, Vice President of Greenshield Canada and Room for Her. Harriet brings over 20 years experience in the mental health sector. In her role at Greenshield, she's responsible for growing their mental health strategy to help women feel better, live better. Room for Her is an initiative that expands access to mental health services with online support, tools, webinars, informative events, and free therapy sessions to anyone who identifies as a woman in Canada over the age of 18. Yeah, I said that, free therapy sessions. We are so grateful to have Harriet share her expertise. Let's get into it, friends. Mental health is so incredibly important. Harriet, welcome to the Healthiest Hot Podcast. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Chloe. It's my pleasure to be here today. I always like to just start off by asking our guests, what makes you you? Like, what is it that makes you tick, makes you show up every day for the work that you do? Oh, my goodness. That's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) It really is. I know. I know. I know because it's so open-ended and you could take it in so many different directions. Whatever feels good is like the most perfect answer. Okay, sounds good. Um, Well, you know, mental health has always been part of my life. Um, You know, when people ask me, well, how did you get into mental health? So I start off, I've lived in three continents. So I was born in Nigeria, I grew up in England, and now live in Canada, and I've been here for 20 years. And um, growing up in Nigeria, I would see, uh, at least on a biweekly basis, this row of people that would be chained to each other, and they would go for a walk every day. I was probably around maybe be like five or six and um and I asked my mom once like who are these people I actually thought that there were you know criminals maybe going for the daily walk or a weekly walk my mom explained to me that there were people from the local asylum so these were people that were mentally ill and once a week they would be chained in a row and they would go for a walk through through the community and that really shook me and i think that's really my first memory of mental illness and as i grew older i started to think you know there must be a different way there must be a better way and i think that was really kind of where my interest in mental health and mental illness really started and um, another example was uh, an aunt that we had and she kind of fell off the scene she was a very lively woman everybody loved her she was a uh, a cousin of my mother's and she kind of fell off the scene and everybody you know, where did Auntie Maria go? And uh, one day somebody came to our house and said, oh, we found your aunt. She's at the market and she's um, stripped naked and she's walking around and nobody knows who she is. And I saw her and we took her in. My mom brought her to the house. Obviously, we were quite scared. My sisters and I, you know, we didn't know what would happen. And to see the transformation 
transformation in her when she got that support and care and love that she needed. And she went from this woman who nobody heard from to uh, somebody who actually ended up starting a business, um, had children, and it was just so wonderful to see. And I think that was the connection for me between seeing what she was like and seeing those people who were, you know, paraded on the street once a week, that there is a better way and they can be a better way. And I think that's really what drives my work till this day. I mean, geez, as a child to have witnessed that and to, I mean, clearly that made such a lasting impact in your, in your body, in your soul and your heart. And um, so difficult to have seen, I'm sure as a child and those poor individuals, like when you said chain together, I immediately thought, you know, holding hands. But when you said chain together, you meant literal physical. Oh, yeah. 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 I, and I can still see that image in my head today. And I think on those days where it's so difficult, I've had a long day and I'm thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I just want to forget about this. I just want to go do something else, go work at McDonald's or something. That image yeah. really, it's something that really grounds me mm-hmm. and reminds me of why I do this work mm-hmm. that I do and why I love what I do. I mean, I think it's, you know, if, if you choose to try to see a silver lining in this, what you saw as a child was obviously very traumatizing, but yet you somehow through your lived experience and through um, everything that makes you, you were somehow able to use that as drive, use that as fuel to continue to find a better way. And then to have seen a better way firsthand with a family member who, when they were provided love and support and care and resources was able to completely, it sounds like turn her life around. I mean, you witnessed two very difficult situations and yet the outcome was drastically different. And I think that's what the beautiful thing is with mental health and mental illness is we can continue to do what we've done for a long time. Yeah. We're going to continue to get the same results. And those poor yeah. individuals are going to continue to be ostracized and they're going to continue to be felt like they're othered. But you're kind of here to remind us all that there is another way. There is a better way where we can provide care for people, especially for women, um, so they can care for their mental health. Yeah, I think, you know, the word that I like to remember each day is hope. Right. So there's hope. And I think through the work that I do is just I like to give hope to people and, you know, call me a, a romanticizer or, or, or uh, you know, whatever you will. But but I, I've seen it. Right. I've seen it. And throughout my career, I worked as a mental health nurse for many years and worked at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. I worked with the ministry and set up the first um, virtual mental health program um, in Ontario uh, because I know that. There are people who are struggling, but they may not be at the very end of the spectrum where they have to be in hospital, but they are at a place where they could do with some help. And maybe, you know, virtual care is the way to go because as mothers, as women, we are tired all the time. We are stretched for time and resources um, and not even just mothers as women. You know, caring for not just children, but also other family members. Uh, we don't have the time. We don't have the uh, the luxury of, of of going to see somebody to speak to at two p.m. on Tuesday because that's the only time that they can fix us in. Right? <laughs> Mental health doesn't stop at five p.m. on a Friday. Right? Like if we're if, if we're gonna lose it, we're gonna lose it at the time that it, it's all expected. Right? It's gonna happen. Yeah. And so, you know, having virtual mental health and the last 15 years of my career, I've been pushing for virtual mental health services because it gives us that flexibility and it makes life a lot that little bit easier for us. Right. Like I always say, when was the last time you went into a bank? 
I hate getting in there because it takes so much time and I have to to work within their time zones. It's never as clear cut as it should be. And so, yeah, I rely on the app. I do my thinking when it feels good for me. This is it. And that's what we should be leveraging, right? We should be leveraging technology to support our mental health. Not to say that it's for everybody, mm-hmm. but for the majority of us who are in that mild to moderate spectrum of depression, anxiety, who are the most, which are the most common diagnosis, can benefit from virtual mental health care. Let me ask you something. There's so many things yeah. I'd like to dive into because I think I'm someone who speaks very openly about mental health, the importance of it. I really view it as like the foundation to health. You know, you can build the prettiest house in the block, but if there's a a foundation that's cracked, nobody might see it. You know, it might go undetected for a long time, but doesn't matter how pretty that house is, how beautiful the furniture is, the foundation needs to be strong. And I really believe that mental health is that foundation for our health. But I think for a long time it was, well, if you were suffering a little bit, you could get by. You could kind of suffer in silence. Nobody needed to know. And it was only if it was big and drastic and visible that maybe people realized they needed to get help. Do you believe that we should seek help? help no matter where we are on that spectrum. If we feel that our mental health is struggling, like you said, it might be mild or moderate anxiety or depression, that it deserves the time, the, the affection, the care, the resources to seek help. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I always say, you know, you don't wake up one day and feel like jumping in front of a train, right? It doesn't happen in isolation. Very, very, very rarely does that happen. It's a journey, right? It starts off small. It starts off by feeling that, you know, hmm, I don't really feel like doing anything today. Tomorrow, it's like, mm, I feel a bit worthless. The next day, you know, it's little nuggets like that that kind of gets us to that point where we feel like we're going to jump in front of a train, right? So absolutely, I think that getting help at that first instance where you feel that something is not quite right here or when somebody that's close to you tells you that something's not quite right here, it's so, so important because it stops you from getting to that end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I worked in an emergency room at CAMH and the people that came in were at that end of the spectrum and it takes so long to get you back on track when you're, when you're that far gone that getting help as soon as possible is so, so important. Do you feel that there's still a lot of shame that holds people back from asking for help, especially if, let's say, they're in those earlier stages of that spectrum? Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday um, and they were telling me about their mental health or mental illness journey. And um, he was a, you know, a middle-aged man who had a beautiful family, was soaring in his career and everything was going so well. And we see this all the time, right? Like I'm a successful woman, everything is going so incredibly well. And, and when we start to feel that something is not right, we don't want people to know because we expect that people come to us for help. You know, I'm the one that people come for to help. Not, 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 I, I don't need to go to anybody. I've got my shit together, right? And and that's not always the case. That's not always the case. And, and because of that stigma and because of that fear of people judging us and losing respect or losing, um, the, losing respect in the way that we want them to see us, it prevents us from seeking help a lot of the time. So how do we break that down? How do we as, you know, if anyone listening to this is maybe recognizing this within themselves or someone close to them as ambitious go-getters who on paper have so much going on, but you as a loved one or you as yourself look in the mirror and recognize these early signs, how do we kind of work through that shame and recognize that, you know, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to ask for help because I really do feel that there is um, 
there is a mental health crisis going on. And sometimes it's very apparent. It's very in your face. And other times it's subtle and it hides behind this curtain of shame. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, there are lots of resources out there. Um, I'm going to speak to some of the resources that we have. I work for Green Shield, which is a not-for-profit health and benefits company. And we have resources that, you know, it's, I look at them as baby steps, right? So we have resources that you can kind of get into test the waters. So we have a, a, a social impact initiative, which is called Room for Her, roomforher.ca. And you can go on there and read about articles, articles about depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions, and just learn that you're not alone in this journey, that there are many other people that are feeling the same feelings that you are, although they're unique to you, there are other people who are um, going through the same things and just kind of reading about things, right? Like listening to podcasts, listening to this podcast, uh, watching our webinars and just getting an idea that, okay, this is, I'm not alone in this and I don't have to suffer in isolation. Uh, and that's really kind of the first instance. And then if you want more resources and you don't feel comfortable going to family and friends, you can do that on your own, right? If you don't, even if you don't want to go to a family doctor, you can go online and, and seek free therapy that we offer. You can seek free cognitive behavior therapy that we offer. And just those are what I call baby steps into the mental health system. Um, hopefully that's enough. But if that's not enough, at least you've kind of opened your eyes to the possibilities that are available to you. I mean, geez, I, I got to tell you, Harriet, at this point, I'm blown away by the fact that you just used free twice in one sentence talking about free therapy and free behavioral therapy, because I really do think sometimes the price of therapy is a barrier for entry for a lot of individuals, especially for a lot of marginalized individuals who you know, maybe are below the poverty line and are struggling in many ways, including mental health. And therapy, for a lot of people, they see it as this expensive luxury. And it really shouldn't be. I think access to mental health resources should be a, a right that every single person, you know, we're doing this in Canada, so every single person in Canada should be able to have access to something like that, because it is truly important important. Uh, but you guys are doing it for free. I mean, that is just, it's blowing my mind right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, with COVID and everything that uh, COVID slapped us with, we realized that we needed to do something, you know, like GSE is a not-for-profit company anyway. So all of our profits either go back into the com company or goes back into the community. And we have two signature initiatives. One is free oral care for marginalized uh, and underserved population and the second is mental health and we've primarily focused on women's mental health because based on data and research over the last two and a half three years shows that women were greatly impacted more so than men as a result of covid and we felt that this was really important so we're putting our money where our mouth is right so we're offering free therapy we're offering free cognitive behavior therapy to anybody that identifies a woman and in a canadian resident 18 plus and we feel that that's so important because you know what, half a million women actually had to leave their jobs or take sabbatical during COVID. And that's not right. And 100,000 have said they don't even know if they're going to go back to work. And many of them are struggling with depression, anxiety or symptoms of depression, anxiety. And by offering these free services, it's our hope that people will get the confidence and the self-esteem that they have yeah. that they have lost and get back into the workforce because we need women in the workforce.
We really do. We really do. Because you know what? Times have finally changed where we are seeing women excel in the workforce, whether it's at entry level jobs or all the way up to CEOs. We're seeing women and and anyone who identifies as a woman absolutely thrive. But when mental health kind of takes over and it becomes this this thing that our whole life revolves around, it makes it very hard to show up and be the best versions of ourselves. And I mean, it's just, it's so shocking to hear the statistic you just shared about how COVID impacted women in such a drastic way. I mean, when you saw those statistics, when you realized what the research was showing, I mean, how did that make you feel, especially as as a woman, as someone in this space? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I thought, well, at least I'm not alone. That was the first thing I thought, because I'm a mother, I have two um, 12-year-old twins, and I was a a teacher. (laughs) <laughs> well, that is that sounds like such a handful. Okay. Well, the good thing is, as they get older, they get a little bit more independent, so it gets a bit easier. But the challenges are different. I shouldn't say it gets easier; the challenges are different. Uh, but you know, we, be- my husband and I, became their teacher and their friend and their parent and their cook, and you know, all of the different um, responsibilities that we had. And it, it was a lot. It's it, it is a lot. It continues to be a lot for a, a lot of parents. Like my neighbor, she's sending her kids for, to school for the first time in two and a half years. And on the one hand, she doesn't know what to do with herself. On the the other hand, she's ecstatic, right? Because she needs that break. She needs that that, that break for her mental health and to be able to take back her energy and to be able to figure out what, what, remind herself of of who she is and what, you know, what health means to her, what mental health means to her. So she's excited. I'm excited for the children going back to school. And I think that, you know, a lot of women who have had to take time off, this is the time to really reclaim your energy, to reclaim your, your status in the, in the community and society and to go after those jobs that you want to go after or, or that you've, you've kind of neglected over the last two and a half years. And I think that's such a beautiful reminder is that obviously COVID was unprecedented and impacted every single person on this planet. And it shook up a lot of lives. Um, But it's all right to feel like you're ready to slowly start making gains again. I feel like it's okay for us to all start dreaming again and start Mm -hmm. believing ourselves. And I feel like that also comes with feelings of anxiety and of, of uncertainty because We've been living in these tiny little bubbles of uncertainty for so long, but now that the world is starting to open up again and maybe jobs are starting to become available again, it's kind of scary to put yourself mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. But I think if it's something that you're craving, something that you're curious about, if you're in a position to do so, I mean, why not take a chance on yourself? It's time for Chloe's Clarence pick of the week. Ooh. Okay, so today's product smells like candy. I don't know if I'm just craving candy, but I felt really, really drawn to this product. It's called My Clarence Poreless. It's really cute. It kind of almost looks like a chapstick, but when you open it up and smell it, smells delicious like candy but what this thing is it's like a stick that you put on your skin where you're feeling like your pores are a little bit too visible this little cutie pie is the magic eraser of pores all right just one swipe over an area of concern and the pores are immediately blurred and the shine is mattified uh yeah blurred and modified sign me up it's vegan friendly and it's composed of more than 88 percent of ingredients of natural origin so get yourself a little cutie pie like this my clarence poreless but let's get back to the chat i'm really enjoying this one 
Yeah, for sure. Definitely. You know, I, I belong to a, a book club and, um, all women and we were having a conversation about returning back to work and a couple of people are really concerned about return to work and and I just thought you know anxiety about you know going back on the gold train and and it came out that a couple of people had put weight on as most of us did during COVID mm-hmm. and they they'd been you know on zoom and just seeing you know the, the, their face and they are petrified about going back to work because of you know body shaming and what people would think about them and all of that affects our mental health right so i think this is a really good time to reset even you know earlier earlier on this week i've been contemplating going back to the gym and setting out a routine for myself because september really is that time not just go back to school but it's a it's a reset for all of us Mm. and i think this is a perfect time while the weather is still decent to start to plan and to start to try to get back on track um and you know to your point with 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 things opening up again we went away to europe this summer and it's like COVID doesn't exist over there. And I was convinced that I was going to get COVID for the second time. (laughs) I was totally convinced. I was actually surprised that I didn't get COVID when I came back. But uh, I think that was also an eye opener for me that this is an opportunity for us to really start to get our lives back on track. Oh my God, tell me, did you just, are are you saying yes to the gym? I got to hold you accountable. Are you going to go? Yes, yes. I am going back. I I have my routine. I'm going to do Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, um, and then do yoga in the evening. So that's my plan. I have, uh, I was listening to one of your uh, other podcasts earlier in the week, and and one of your guests, she was saying that, uh, I think it was Sonia Jazz, she said, you know, she's waking up at 5.30, and I thought, no, that's way too ambitious for me. That's, no, that's not going to happen. 6 30 i could do 5 5 30 no no i'm just turning over so um so yeah 6 30 i'm gonna aim to get up at 6 30 be at the gym for 6 45 for 45 minutes and start my day um you know at eight or dropping the kids off and yes yeah Honestly, it's so I, important. I get to interview some amazing women yourself included and sometimes the thing you guys drop to me i'm like Whew, all right. Well, uh, this looks different for all of us. And while I respect your decision to wake up at 5 30 in the morning, I will choose a different route. And right. it's the thing in life, like this whole community we've built around healthy is hot, is like the biggest takeaway for me. And I'm always humbled by this is that health looks different for everyone. Living a healthy life, focusing on your mental health, doing anything really, like it looks different for everyone. It feels different for everyone. And even if you look at one person and their journey through life, and their experience with health abundance or lack of it changes day to day. Like we are constantly in seasons and I'm really always inspired by the people we have on. So just know that I'm right there with you. Like really is a hard no, but I'm curious for you, you know, as someone who's been in this space for, you know, over 20 years now, you have been such a prominent figure in getting accessible mental health care resources, especially for women and you're a mom and you just went through the pandemic. I mean, you just talked about going to the gym, but what are some things that fill your cup? What are some things you do on a regular basis or try to do, I should say, on a regular yeah. basis to make sure that you're also checking in with your own mental health? Because mm. to me, you're a superhero, but you really <laughs> are a human at the end of the day who has insecurities and struggles just like the rest of us. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, yesterday was a really tough day. And I was talking to, to my boss earlier on today and he was like, oh, how's it going? And I was like, uh, yesterday was not so great. <laughs> you know, I had a full day of meetings and it got to like 2.30 and I was not in a good place. I was cranky. Um, I hadn't had lunch yet. And I decided at three o'clock that I was going to take my three o'clock call while I was going for a walk around the block. And you wouldn't imagine, you can't imagine what difference that made. I went out for half an hour, I came home and I felt like a different person. And I think that that was so important for me at that moment. And I was so thankful that I recognized that this is what I needed at that time, right? And, you know, it, when you ask about little tips and tricks, it doesn't have to be anything um, luxurious. Going for a walk outside is sometimes enough at that moment. It's just what you need, right? So, you know, taking time out for yourself. For me, I always say, and this is a running joke in my home, me time is my best time. <laughs> so, so at least once a month, I send everybody away. Um, I don't care where you go, just get out. <laughs> and I just, I just take the time for myself. <laughs> and I might watch a movie, I might not. I might read a book, I might not. I might listen to a podcast, I might listen to healthy is hot. And my, you know, just, just me, just my time. And I, that's just so important for me. And funnily enough, when I take that time off once a month, it feels like I've been on vacation for a week. And that's so important to me. That's really, that's something that I don't ever, it's, it's a no, it's, I, I don't trade that. And I think it's, it's a non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for us to recognize that we need that. We need that, right? Like you have to be, you know, comfortable in your own company. And sometimes it might just be, you know, mm, I'm, I'm kind of bored with nobody around. I mean, if you have kids, there's never a boring moment if you have time on your own. But it's so important that we take that time. And that's a non-negotiable for me. You know what I think is so great about you is a, you're just like the rest of us, you know, like you got to make sure that your cup is full. And I kind of love like, I, you know, especially on this podcast, because it's health and wellness, a lot of the times, the tips and tricks are listen to personal development podcasts, read books that fuel your soul, go outside and hug a tree. But like, sometimes if you just got to like, kick everybody out and watch a yeah. movie, like, yeah. that's pretty fucking great. Too, yeah, yeah. If that's what you need in that moment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not one to, you know, reel off a, a, an arm, arm length of books that you can read it, but just the little things, mm -hmm. just the small things that make a huge difference. And we should never take those things for granted. You know, and just talking, just hearing you talk about like kicking everybody out. I'm also hearing you say that like you've recognized and have the awareness to know that like you need to set those boundaries. And I think friends to everybody listening, like, whether you have kids or not, we all have to learn how to be okay with setting boundaries and setting boundaries can be so tough, but are so crucial for our mental health, especially if you're someone who's naturally a giver. Like you, Harriet, by nature of your job, you give and give and give, you hold space for people, you create processes and structures that allow people to become better versions of themselves. And that's so beautiful. But at the same time, you got to protect a little bit of yourself. And so we all need to get better at creating boundaries, setting boundaries, and being okay to have those conversations. Because now at this point, this is something you do on a regular basis. You kick everybody out. They know mommy needs me time. And that means it's her best time. Yes. But you have to be brave enough 
to share the desire and the request to set those boundaries. And I think that can sometimes be really scary for people and can make people feel anxious. Like, what if I set these boundaries and they're no longer going to like me? They're no longer going to invite me. They're no longer going to think I'm easygoing. Like that can, that can be tough for people too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to be Mrs. Yes, right? There was nothing too small, nothing too big that I couldn't do. Um, You asked me, I was like, yeah, of course I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. And I had an experience last fall where I ended up in emergency room because I had uh, an infection that became septic and um, I had sepsis and I yeah, <laughs> I ended up in uh, on the on the ambulance and and at the hospital, and I really had to remind myself that without putting on my own oxygen mask, I can't help others put on their oxygen mask, and that was a real call, a, a moment for me to say I have to slow down. You know, like there's so many people that rely on me, not just my immediate family, but also extended family, and as well as friends that I had to say, you know what, I, I can't I can't do it anymore. Not to say that I won't do it, but I have to set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it like to your point, it, it is anxiety provoking to think that, you know, I don't want to upset people. But guess what? If you're not healthy and if you're unwell, the only person that suffers is you and your immediate family. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to kind of protect yourself and you have to put those boundaries in place. And those people that get upset about it, they're obviously thinking about themselves and not about you. Yeah. And sometimes that's a really harsh realization too, but I really think, you know, sometimes people think that self-care is selfish and I'm like, guys, like if you don't take care of yourself, that's the most selfish thing you can do. Like, How in the world are you supposed to like show up if you don't? Are, if you're like pouring from an empty cup and I love the oxygen mask example, that's one of my favorite ones because mm. whenever you're in a plane and they are like, they're showing you the, the little, you know, PSA about the oxygen yeah. mask, it's always like this, you know, beautiful woman and this like cute little kid, like cute as a button. <laughs> and then the mask come and she puts it on herself first. And yet in life, we're always like putting it on the cute kid yeah, first. You know, because exactly. like, what a tiny little child. I'm not <laughs> put it on them. But it's like, no, man. You got to take care of yourself first. You know what? How are we supposed to take care of anybody else if we're not getting any oxygen? Exactly. Exactly. And we we, we wouldn't be able to care for other people because if we don't have any any oxygen, then guess what? We're not around to help other people. So um, I want to go back to room for her for a moment because I just think yeah. it's really it's really beautiful work. And what I love about room for her friends, roomforher.ca, go check it out um, if you're in Canada and are looking to explore this resource. Is there's different pillars it seems in in the space. We've got mind, we've got body, we've got work, we've got relationships. Yeah. Why is it so important? You know, when we're looking at mental health, to make sure that we're looking at life in a holistic way and really mm-hmm. looking at all of these. Different different things, including work, including relationships, in addition to mind and body. Yeah, because it's all connected, right? It's all connected. When we look at, you know, um, the philosophy of of CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, our thoughts affect our emotions, our emotions affect our behavior. All of those things aren't just mental health, but also physical health and relationships that we have. And once one of those things is broken, 
it cascades onto the other areas of our life. So it's so important that when we look at things, you know, when people say holistic, H-O-L-I, I usually say holistic, W-H-O-L-E, holistic, right? So it's really important that we look at ourselves as a whole, not just treating one part, because just treating one part is just a Band-Aid solution, right? We need to be able to treat all of it in order for us to show up uh, to our best and show up in our best self. Yeah, yes, yes. I really believe that as well. And, you know, we've talked about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, but for someone who maybe they're a little bit unfamiliar with that, what would be like a real quick over explanation of what that is? Because that is something, friends, especially if you're in Canada, you identify as a woman, you're 18 plus, like this is something that is offered for free on roomforher.ca. So what? how would you quickly explain that? Yeah, so the way that I would explain cognitive behavior therapy is that it's renowned as the gold standard for treating primarily depression and anxiety. So what happens is that um, when we think negatively, that affects our, our feelings and that affects our behavior. And by, you know, targeting those irrational or maladaptive thoughts, we have the ability to break the negative emotions that lead to the behavior. So for example, if I think, you know, this podcast is going really badly, I'm, I'm doing a really terrible job, that starts to affect how I feel. My energy might be low. And then what happens is that next time somebody invites me to a podcast, I'm like, no, definitely don't want to do that. But Maybe it's not going terribly, but that's the way that I'm thinking, right? And and just breaking those thoughts. And we have these negative thoughts that that are sprinkled throughout our, our life's journey, right? So it's a, a, a situation happens and we internalize that. And by internalizing that, we start to feel a certain way and we start to behave a certain way. And what CBT does, it helps you to break those negative thoughts by thinking about alternative ways of uh, thinking about that situation so that you're not affected emotionally and your behavior doesn't suffer. And I mean, for people that successfully go through CBT, I mean, how incredibly empowering, because essentially they are reclaiming the power of their thoughts by choosing to welcome a different narrative, by choosing to welcome a different thought pattern and having the curiosity to see if it can have a different outcome in the behavior and in the feelings. Yes. Yes, for sure. Definitely. I think that, you know, and, and it's not, it, it's not just your regular talk therapy. It's really challenging what the way that you think and your emotions. And I think that's what I love about CBT um, because it's not just, you know, talk therapy, but it's, it's homework. It, it gives you homework to do. So you finish a program or you finish a module and you go away and you practice that module in your everyday life. And by practicing, you know, you know the old adage, practice makes perfect. By practicing, you're actually able to start to change the way that you think negatively. Yeah. And I think what's so interesting too is like talk therapy or counseling, traditional counseling versus CBT, two very different approaches. Mm -hmm. And roomforher.ca offers both. I yes. mean, how would you recommend people, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're like, wow, you know what? Financial barrier has always been a barrier to entry for me to get therapy. Now I've got access to either. Like, how do you know which one you should gravitate towards if this is something you're interested in? Yeah, what I would say, what I would say is that, you know, if you have a an event, a life event that's kind of uh, one off um, and you just want somebody to just kind of run an idea through or run a situation through, then I would say talk therapy would probably be good for you. But if you're in a space where you think, OK, over the last 
three to four or five weeks, I haven't felt myself. Mm. I'm not eating the way I usually eat. I'm not sleeping the way I usually sleep. I'm constantly worried. I'm constantly thinking negatively about the situation. Then I would recommend that trying out the CBT would probably be the best, best option for you. And friends, I mean, we all know at this point, I'm a big fan of therapy. And it's a, it's a bit of a journey. If it doesn't feel right, if you connect with someone and you know what, there's something inside you that's like, you know what, energy wise, this is not a good fit. Just know that it's not a be all end all in yeah. life. You know, like yeah. finding a great friend, finding a great romantic partner, you go through a lot of them before mm-hmm. you find your person. <laughs> and I do think it's that way as well with therapists as well, because yeah. I think sometimes therapy gets put on this pedestal and we're like, well, once you do therapy, you're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not always, unfortunately, a linear progress. It might be a bit of a roller coaster ride, but I like to think of it like by saying yes to therapy, by saying yes to CBT, by saying yes to anything that's to help your promote your mental health, you are taking steps forward. It might not always feel like you're taking steps forward, but you are carving out that time. You are carving out that space to really be authentically raw and vulnerable, which is a scary thing to do. And it takes yes. a lot of courage and a lot of strength. Yes, definitely. You're, you're right on that. You hit the nail right on the head, especially around, you know, finding the right therapist, mm-hmm. um, not one size fits all. Um, through Inkblot Therapy, which is the, our company, GSE's company that's providing the free services, we actually have a, a, an algorithm that you can go through an assessment and select um, things that are important to you. For example, if you want a female who is, you know, religious or who is is uh, uh, identifies as as uh, other than a she or or or, or a gender neutral um, who has trauma informed therapy, for example. You can select those things, and then from our pool of of counselors and therapists, it actually gives you you know four or five therapists that match what you're looking for. And you don't get that every day, right? Mm-hmm. You get what you get, and you yeah. don't get upset in the everyday world. But through this virtual therapy platform, you can actually curate the type of counselor that you're looking for. And then you have an opportunity to meet with them and see whether you gel. If you don't, you move on. If you do, great. You're a match and you you can start your therapy. So that's another, uh, I think that's another advantage that we have under our belt. That's uh, very yeah. useful for many yes, of Yes, because we are unique snowflakes, everybody. Exactly. Look, I could, Harriet, I could speak to you all day, but I'd love to just end on, and this is another really like bold blanket statement question, but I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. You're involved in so many different arms and companies and branches of mental health. When you take a step back and you look ahead at the future, I mean, what is your hope for the current situation of mental health, especially for women here in Canada? You know, my hope really is that we can look at mental health like any other illness, right? If I trip and fall and break my ankle. Um, I have a cast and everybody sees it and we're like, oh yeah, I went for a run and you know, I, I tripped over and now oh, I'm mad bugger, I can't go for a run for another two weeks or whatever, right? And people, we se- kind of celebrate it in a way mm-hmm. and I'd like mental health to be that, right? It's like, hey, how's it going? You know what? Mm, not so great. Like you asked me earlier, you know, how's it going? I was like, yesterday was crap, it was a crappy day. And, but I was able to talk through that and recognize that it was a crappy day and then do something about it. And the more we talk about it, the better it will be. And I think the future just, the future for the future, I would really want to see the saying mental health is health to be mm. true. Right? Well, to be hopefully true. conversations like this, friends, if you're listening to this, thank you. 
because you're helping to be a part of the change that mental health truly is health. Um, Harriet, I know we've spoken about roomforher.ca. If there's anything else you would like to to remind us to go and check out, I'm, I'm passing the ball off to you. No pressure, though, of course. <laughs> no, we have roomforher.ca. Uh, we have up and coming webinars where we speak with experts. Uh, we have one coming up at the in, in a couple of weeks that's focused on um, uh, mental health and women of color. And uh, we know that women of color have um, an added disadvantage in terms of, you know, seeking and getting mental health treatments. And so we have a webinar where we talk into a few experts and uh, with tips and tricks and encouragement of how to seek help when you need it. So please go to rimbaher.ca and um, look out, for, listen out for our, to our webinars and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Amazing. I will definitely be supporting along the way. Harriet, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chloe. Well, My well, pleasure. well. Who else is feeling fired up and inspired after that chat? Yeah, same here. I can't believe I'm saying this, but just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast in the books. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wild. And look, if you enjoyed this, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a cute little comment. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. We'll see you next week. Brought to you by Clarence.